and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Blue Ruin, directed by Jeremy Saulnier, starring Macon Blair and Devin Rattray. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I'm good. Happy Monday, Cameron. Sorry we're recording this late yeah. for all you fans uh, listening to the show, but it's coming out on Monday night, so technically still Monday. You know, <laughs> you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but, this, this weekend was was tough because we we kind of both had things going on. Um, I mean, I had work, um, but we did actually get to see each other on Thursday, yes. and that was a lot of fun. Um, yes, I, I was. It was it was a good time. I was thinking. I guess I shouldn't pitch you this like on the show, but whatever. Um, I was thinking maybe we should we should record our next show in person because that would be fun. But um, oh yeah, you know, it it has to do with you know, with your uh, with your schedule and whatnot. But um, it would be a good time um, to to record in person next week if if we can fit it in. No 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 pressure or anything. But I mean, technically this week, right, Cameron? We're yes, we're yeah. here for for the Thanksgiving <laughs> stuff. No, I I'm definitely free actually. Um. Well, we'll do that. We'll record in person. It's a different energy, so make sure you tune in next Monday. Whenever Cameron and I record in person, there's just so much more room noise with us throwing things at each other, and, <laughs> uh, you know, more violence, more than more more than normal. Um, so we're like the monkeys who throw the poop at each other. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> when do we get in a room yeah. together? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. How are you, Cameron? You had a busy weekend too. Yeah, I did. I had I had three weddings this weekend, and uh, yeah, it was it was. I'm I'm beat today, honestly. Yeah. I was like I was just like laying on the couch all day, um, which is good because I got to watch this movie and then uh, just relax and sit down. Um, so <laughs> it's been. I was like I woke up today. Um, feeling like like I was I was exhausted. If you if you know you know how that is, but uh, yes. It's good to have kind of a, a mostly today off. So, you know, yeah, I have a I have a three day work week this week. So I'm like already excited that I'm close to the end when the week yeah. just started. But it's been good. You know, we're we're doing I'm doing a bunch of marketing right now for this company I'm working for and uh, kind of heading the charge on a Black Friday sale that has already resulted in some sales. So that's like that's pretty exciting to actually see some of the work pay off and get acknowledged. It was a good day. It was a good day. Um, yeah. Over, overall, I was, I was excited to see that finally some of that digital content was coming out that, I, that was making an impact over some of the other stuff I've made for them. So that was a good feeling. I'm excited to talk about this movie, Cameron. I feel like there's a lot to dive into on my like personal take and my mm. perspective as a casual about this film. Um, but despite the busyness, you know, kind of wanted to pick your brain about what you've been watching. What's, what, what's been going on with your entertainment life? Yeah. Well, I, I haven't really been watching that much, um, to be honest. It's more just cause like when I get home or if I'm, you know, if I'm not doing anything, if I have some free time, um, I do kind of like to spread my time out, um, and play, play video games as well. So mm. I, I have been, um, I beat death loop. I don't know. Did we talk about this? Um, uh, me playing through death loop. No. Um, yeah. So I beat death loop. Um, I'm like, 85% way through the platinum, but I I kind of decided to give up on it because there's like online stuff that you have to do. Blech. And the online is like basically dead now. Like there's like nobody playing it. So um I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm not gonna I don't think I'm gonna go for it. But um mm. I had a good time with it. Uh I I have some minor gripes, but overall I th I thought it was enjoyable. I thought the ending was really kind of bad. Um, but 
I thought I think that's what most people were saying. Um, that they, they they were just confused by the ending. Um, not just confused, but like they were like they, it didn't really make any sense. Um, but I don't think the I don't know. I my my biggest problem with it is it's hard to justify replaying it sometimes. It, like it feels so good. Um, but I keep going back. And one of the reasons I don't feel like getting the platinum is I keep going back into the loop and, um, feeling like there's nothing more really to accomplish other than these sort of like gimmicky things that you have to do for the trophies. Mm. Um, so I, at this point I'm like, eh, I've, I've kind of gotten what I want out of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I've been feeling. And then I, I played through, um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is an older game, it was on sale for like six dollars or something. So I, yeah. I bought it. But um, uh, yeah, and I I beat that. Um, really good, really hard. Um, or not really hard, but it it was it was tough enough for me to feel like, um, you know, justified in in wanting to beat it. Uh, in in that way, like it was it was kind of a challenge. Um, and uh, yeah, very satisfying gameplay. Um very satisfying combat uh in a lot of ways um the story i thought was was surprisingly pretty good um i i i kind of liked it in the same way though there's a little bit of that ending where it's like all right well are we gonna have a sequel or are we not you know where it's like (laughs) it's like okay well you know it doesn't really know where it wants to go at the end but um there is a very cool um section at the last you know um the last battle is really awesome and that that whole you know part that whole uh last act i thought was was very good very well done um so yeah i mean i know that this show is a movie podcast and i know that some of our (laughs) our fans are just sworn to like movie as movies as a medium of entertainment um but i think that it's so interesting to see how video games are inspired by film i mean Fallen Order is a Star Wars game, and so it's really interesting to see how it translates to an interactive environment, an adventure game. I I actually think Jedi Fallen Order is probably some of my favorite Star Wars content outside of the final season of the Clone Wars that was put out. And I, you know, some people liked Rogue One. I thought it was all right, um, but I I also like The Mandalorian a lot. Just it kind of ranks high for me, actually, surprisingly, over a lot of the other Disney stuff. And it's been really interesting to see how Disney's been handling their IP with Star Wars, especially in the game development space, um, with a 10-year contract with EA and Fallen Order being kind of the last staple of EA's, um, you know, EA making Star Wars games exclusively, right? There's definitely there's a, a ton of rumors with Fallen Order 2 being developed right now. I think Well, and basically clear. the only good one too. Right. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I heard Squadrons was good. I have that too, oh, but Oh, um, that's right. That's right. Um, but basically, yeah, all of the other all of the other projects which there weren't really that many. There's only I think four or five Star Wars games in that whole time, um which is I don't know, it's not it's not that it's not that impressive when you consider the sort of might that EA has, but right. that, that that's a side side tangent. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's a different conversation. I think what's interesting is that Disney learned from signing a ten year contract with EA, the publisher, um, which basically cranked out games that uh, were aggressively using the Star Wars IP without the quality behind the game. Only two in the last two years of owning the license exclusively 
uh, pump out some games that people really connected with, with Star Wars Squadrons and Jedi Fallen Order, right? Um, and it's interesting to see how Disney has then opened up the IP to work with other um, publishers or people that want to develop the games. And they're, they, ha- they have like this expectation of quality. Because, you know, a lot of Disney's stuff I feel like is is very hands-on. They're very in-house with, with their properties. Um, at least from my perspective, I know that they have a partnership with Fox now at a certain point. But uh, Sony's success with the Spider-Man games has sort of had them beginning to contract out their IP in the gaming space. Um, and also, if you don't know, Disney used to have a game development studio that was in-house that they shut down to move to this this partnership with yeah. um, other other publishers on games. So it's interesting to see how um, there's a ton of rumors about Star Wars games being developed um, by other publishers, including Ubisoft. I know there's a Knights of the Old Republic game that was announced, but I don't think it's exclusive. It's second party exclusive with Sony. Um, and then the Marvel uh, IP has been basically because of what happened with Spider-Man games and the way they've sold. Um, they've, they've done the same approach where they're not signing any exclusive deals. And again, if you like Sony still owns Spider-Man as an IP, so it's an interesting like forced partnership in that as well. Just kind of interesting to think about how like um, how how these like massive media like these people own like a ton of IP like Disney owns a ton of IP or like Warner Brothers owns a ton of IP. Right. And how their approach to creating content for that IP sort of begins to flex in a way when it's in us in the gaming space, which is sort of a newer medium compared to film. Not not by too much. I mean, film has been around for a lot longer than gaming, but it's, it's, um, I still think like it's even, even in the show, like we've talked about how early film is still like, it can still be excellent, I guess, in the same way that early video games can still be excellent, you know, um, kind of, kind of a long tangent, but there is, there is a connection to film for you, (laughs) for you, uh, cinephiles to consider when it comes, comes to gaming. Um, anything else, Cameron, you want to add to what you've been playing or you want to tack onto that, that last bit about Disney? No, that's um yeah, that's that's pretty much all. Um yeah, I'm I'm kind of trying to get back into I want to I want to watch um the the next movie that we're going to watch uh, next week. Um I want to watch his first movie um before we do that. So hopefully I'll be able to do that um you know by next week. Um so what uh, what film are we watching next week? We're going to watch the movie Waves, which came out basically to like no appraise at all. Mm. Um, and uh, it's kind of funny. I, I feel like all of the ones that we've we've looked at almost have have had basically like no like nobody nobody knows these movies. Nobody really cares about them, <laughs> which is which is kind of funny. Um, I think yeah, Blue great, Room maybe great, great content to pick for this show. Well, Cameron. well, yeah. <laughs> I the reason why I'm highlighting that is because these are people who I would say are like the the maybe like the newest sort of bubbling up people. I mean, obviously right. Villeneuve um, has, has become a big star, but, um, you know, a lot of these other directors and, and, um, you know, Damien Chazelle as well has become a star or it was a star in in his own right by the time first man came out. But, um, you know, these, I think focusing on these directors who are kind of in the very early stages of their careers, 
um, gives us an interesting insight into what actually, you know, what has kind of been passed over, um, you know, beforehand, what's been sort of ignored um, and what we can look back on and, and sort of see where, you know, where these directors might be going in the future. So that that's kind of why I'm, I'm focusing on smaller, lesser known movies of these directors. Well, I would say definitely for the last two weeks, um, because uh, with the director of First Man, like a lot of people know La La Land or Whiplash, which we've covered before, and Villeneuve, obviously, with his recent success in Dune, and these last two, I have no, no, I know nothing about them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to get in our conversation about that. Uh, what I've been watching, I've basically just been playing a lot of video games like a nerd. Um, I watched the, f- I think the season finale of the last episode of Jack Ryan with John Krasinski. Um, just because I guess my mom is super into that show now. So it was kind of interesting because I, I have not watched like action drama TV. Mm-hmm. In a in a very very long time, and um, it's weird because I remember when I was in middle school, I really liked this terrible like comedy spy action show called like Chuck or something like that. Do you know what show mm. I'm talking about? I can't yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking um, about. I don't know how well it's aged. That's why I'm like kind of worried to say I love it <laughs> <laughs> currently. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it was interesting because I was like, oh, this uh, this show is like Chuck, except not not at all lighthearted, just very serious. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see John Krasinski playing a role of, I don't know, like he's not emotionless. It just feels very much like this is a Washington, uh, secret service movie where we fight the terrorists and stuff. Mm. And so it was, it was kind of fun. I mean, like I, I obviously walked in not knowing what was going on very much, but you kind of got the gist right. And, um, yeah, it was TV. I mean, it's, it's. It's how I feel about most TV. So <laughs> we can move on from that. Uh, I platinumed a game called Infamous First Light. Uh, this is just something I revisited. Nothing to talk about that besides a sucker punch game. And it brought me interested in revisiting my PlayStation 3. So I dusted off this ancient console. Um, super cool to kind of go back to, I think it's the sixth generation of consoles. Sixth or seventh? Seventh. Um, I don't remember. No, I think it's the sixth. I mean, one of those two. I think we're and in the seventh. Are we in the seventh? No, I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend whatever. It, um, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool because I, I revisited Infamous 2, which was very interesting. A couple of the old Call of Duties and mo- most importantly, and something that I think really connects about our conversation today uh, about this film and um, a conversation about film and writing. I played Uncharted 3, which is famously developed by Naughty Dog. And I am just blown away about how this game holds up in terms of the way that it is written and voice acted. Um, I think it's really surprising to go back to like a AAA game and the graphics don't necessarily hold up, the controls and the gameplay don't necessarily hold up, um, which kind of revisiting retro games, like you're kind of hoping for that feeling. Like you (laughs) want to play, you go back and play Super Mario Bros. And you're like, this feels just as great as it did when I first experienced it. And Uncharted 3 does not feel just as great as it did when I first experienced it. When I first played it, I was like, this is the most amazing looking game I've ever played. But what I was really taken back by is how convincing the voice acting is in the game and how these like Indiana Jones quips like are delivered in a way that is so convincing to the setting. And like, I I mean, I was telling you um, 
before we recorded, like Nathan Drake will be the the protagonist will be leaning down in a gunfight. He's like, got to keep my head down. That kind of line can be like so disengaging, but it like immerses yeah. you in a way because of its delivery. And so I I really was like kind of taken back about how well some of the production value held up and and um also like a lot of the writing being sort of like like pretty exciting with it, with um gaming beginning to seep into I guess some of the influences of Hollywood with like cinematic action experiences and naughty dog only continues uh with their development of uncharted 4 and uh the last of us and last of us part 2 those games continue to notch up the level of writing yeah. and an experience for the player to be interacting with like a movie like experience um so also really taken back by the music and i really wanted to point out in uncharted 3 the music and the voice acting or the acting going forward because i think that brings about some of my feelings with blue ruin so it was kind of interesting to be experiencing that game and be reflecting on that going into this film mm -hmm. um i've also been playing halo infinite incredible music as well amplifying the experience up a lot not much to say besides the fact that it's fantastic and it's free to play so if you're a gamer and interested in that i promise well, this is well. a <laughs> free if you have game pass right no no the multiplayer is just free oh okay the multiplayer yeah uh, yeah okay. it's just free i didn't in know general. that oh, so nice. um yeah, if you want to play some Halo and check it out, it's 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 so amazing. Cameron, you should try it on your PC. I think it's uh, it's worth it. Plug in your PlayStation Five remote to your PC and be <laughs> extremely confused. I promise that this is going to eventually be a movie podcast, but it's time to get into Cameron's hot take. Cameron, are you ready for this? I'm gonna. I'm ready. Ask you, who is an obnoxiously famous pop star that you think is actually pretty good or kind of good? Fire. Yeah. Well, this is funny because. Um, Obviously, you know me as someone who who kind of despises pop um, in a lot of ways, um, but I I would say there's a couple there's a couple exceptions that I think are just very talented. Um, whether or not I connect with all of their music, you know, like I I don't I don't really, but um, I think I think Rihanna is is like an insanely talented um, singer, and she has some of like honestly some of my favorite songs. Um, you know, that's been written in the past, you know, 10 years or whatever. Um, mm. and you know, she, her, she's been kind of MIA for the past like five years. So I, I want, I want her to come back and, and make like a, a, a banging album. Um, that would be awesome to me. But, um, yeah, Rihanna is like, I, I think, I think she's like really, really talented. Um, and she spans a wide range of different styles. Um, and she can kind of, she can kind of kill it with, with every style that she adopts. Um, I also think Lady Gaga is, is genuinely talented. Um, mm. you know, as a, as a singer, as a performer, um, as a, even just as a, as a pianist, um, you know, she went to, Juilliard um yeah she she's a very very and she's very knowledgeable about about you know rock and about sort of the history of music so I I think she actually is very talented with her I I don't I don't feel that connected with her music um because it's not the kind of thing that I that I like or listen to all the time but um I think she has um she has a lot of of like ability um like serious ability um as a as a singer and and almost like you know back when she was she was super super famous um 
and you know in the heyday of of lady gaga um she was like treating her life and her appearances as like performance art in a lot of ways um, right and and i felt like um you know at the time it's easy to look at that and be like and and kind of scoff as like attention seeking behavior but um now looking back you're kind of like wow that was that was very smart she she kind of picked up on certain cues uh before anybody else did and she she really knew how to use that um to her advantage so yeah i i think those two for me are are you know people i would highlight personally but yeah no i think those are great choices lady gaga she's definitely she has the educational might and she's an incredible vocalist she's actually i mean she's kind of headlining in movies lately too um i saw she was a part of some film coming up and i was sort of i was like oh it didn't look like a musical like uh um the uh what was the one star is born the star is born i actually i really like that film i like that movie too and and she's great in it um yeah 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 great choices um for me i i listen to a lot of pop because jules enjoys a lot of pop um i don't know i think it's hard for me to answer this question because I I have a draw or sort of a um, desire to listen to music in a way similar to, I guess, one of our patrons, Juzo, watches um, film where it's almost like you're just trying to take it in and appreciate a lot of the craftsmanship. I mean, like, here's a great example, right? I've been listening to um, this new Coldplay record that came out in 2021. And there's a lot of songs on this album that I... I do not think are like something that I would normally listen to, but I can't help but sit there and listen to it and be like, my goodness, what an expensive production. What a fantastic, <laughs> what a fantastic mix. Like genuinely yeah. one of some of the best sounding music sonically that I've heard uh, in a long, like probably all year, you know? And I love appreciating sort of the top charts. Like I force myself to listen to the top 50 um kind of every every I don't know every, how. <laughs> every month and I always find stuff that I'm just kind of surprised by or taken back by and and it always leads me down this interesting trail like after listening to Coldplay I there's a song with BTS which I do not like K-pop very much and it sparked this idea where I was like well maybe if I don't like K-pop I'll like uh Korean alternative and I started listening to like Korean alternative rock and it was awesome like it's mm. like genuinely like super cool you know so I don't know. I I have a love of like appreciating the music craftsmanship. Um, I don't know. I I guess it's just kind of like what I've been that Coldplay record. The last song on that record just sounds fantastic. He has a track with like Jacob Collier, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that track is just like amazing harmonies because that guy Jacob Collier is like a scary musician. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and then I, I I revisited the weekend's record from 2020, um, which famously got gypped at the Grammys, and that's a pretty cool record. I'm not gonna lie, um, but yeah, I listen I listen to, to to a lot of different pop artists. Um, Cameron, this is Santa Spectator. You can support us at Patreon.com/slash/ECFSProductions. Throw a couple dollars away, get a question read on the air. Uh, we do not have any questions this week, so sorry. But please submit your questions, patrons. Write us long questions. We like to go on tangents if you haven't figured that out. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can give us a rating on iTunes. Tell friends and family about the show. All that stuff helps it grow. Let's get into Blue Ruin, Cameron. 
give us a little bit of plot. Give us some some context. Nobody's heard of this film, so you got to explain it to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So Blue Rune follows a drifter who plots revenge on a newly released felon who victimized him in the past. Um, and in that search for vengeance, he discovers that there might be a little more um, than what he th- thought was was going on originally. Um, and, uh, it's directed by Jeremy Saulnier, as I said, um, he's kind of interesting. Um, he, he's kind of well known for making very independent movies. Uh, you know, he's basically gone from making a movie in his garage, um, uh, which was his first one called murder party, um, to making this movie off of a very shoestring, um, Kickstarter budget. Uh, this was actually one of the sort of the earlier success stories on Kickstarter. Um, and, uh, you know, then he made a movie called Green Room, which which still lower budget, but, you know, significantly more. And, the, you know, um, his last movie uh, came out on Netflix. Um, so kind of, you know, definitely exponential growth, but still, you know, in sort of the underground scene. Um, he also did work on the second season um of true detective which i know is like the worst one but um so (laughs) you know maybe ignore that but um you know he he's kind of had he's had success in the past couple of years um but i would say this movie is kind of where he first um definitely where he first came on the map um as well as Macon blair who stars in this movie um both of them were relative unknowns um pretty you know obscure filmmakers um and together they've kind of made this this dream team a little bit um which uh you know is 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 interesting um you know it's very much a story of like uh you know it's like the startup success story basically you know starting in your garage and then you know expanding to to basically doing doing movies for for Netflix but um this movie is you know made with you know like $300,000 budget almost um very tiny i mean tiny productions and you can kind of tell from the way that it's it's shot in a lot of ways um and the way that it's uh you know um it it feels limited but in in almost the best way possible um it feels limited to sort of the story and the the scope of the story um but uh it you know like a lot of great movies that are based on one idea um, it uses that limitation to its advantage, I would say. Um, and you know, a lot of this movie is basically done like a, uh, like a silent film, um, which is one of my favorite things about it. It's very, very visually told. Um, you know, it's a movie with, with almost no dialogue at all. Um, and it, it, it ends up, you know, feeling like a very haunting and very lonely, uh, movie because of that. Um, and yeah, this is, this is definitely one of my favorites, uh, in the past, um, 10 years, um, simply because it's so, um, it's such a good success story and it's, it's so well done from somebody who's, who's basically unheard of. So. Yeah, it's, it was a very interesting viewing experience for me because, we have seen a lot of varying budget films on this podcast, right? And this has got to be one of the most clean, I would almost even consider it like dry 
as with the way that it was like put together. Um, I was almost kind of surprised with how I noticed it was a lower budget film mm. and how little like quirkiness there was to the way the film was kind of put together. As yeah. a matter of fact, most of the visual effects or um, camera work is extremely effective without that touch of like unprofessionalism in a in yeah a sort and it's of gorgeous way. too it's it's a gorgeous looking movie um you know but it's shot on it's shot on a c300 um so a camera that you could pick up for like two thousand bucks right now <laughs> like yeah i mean i love the c300 that's me a too. great camera it yeah, is that, i mean i yeah it's the the moment I noticed that it, the camera was cheaper, I was like, "This is not a cinema camera." Like I, I like, I mean, it is, but like I knew it the moment there there was a shot where he was walking towards the camera and he was backlit by the sun. You can tell the dynamic range is being really pushed in a moment where like the sun is shooting into the lens and it's trying to tackle like him being lit at the same time. And some of these uh, modern cameras that like crack the ten to twenty thousand dollar range, like they. I don't even know how they handle stuff like that, but they can. It's unbelievable yeah. how how well you can edit that kind of stuff in post. And the C three hundred is a great camera, but it's not. It can't compete with something like that, you know, like a what a, a red camera or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I picked up on the fact that that some of the cameras were a little bit cheaper. Um, I think when I see a budget film, I'm hungry to see weirder stuff um which is like it's kind of strange that i feel that way now and i think a lot of it has to do with some of the films we watched in the past but you know i think about um like the first evil dead film and how just absurd that movie is and the way you can tell the guy's barely barely knows how to hold a camera when he's shooting the the movie right um and there's like some there's some energy and life in that there's there's like almost like they're not bound by the professionalism of some of the great expensive movies that are made where they have like, you know, a ton of assistance to the, to the DP on set. And like the camera could never shake. Like it just has to be flawless. Right. And this movie does a good job, like, um, striving for the look of expensive Hollywood without it. But I was sort of like, um, I don't know. Like I was, I was sort of almost disengaged by, how professional it was despite hmm. me kind of seeing through the cracks. I don't know why that was like something that I noticed. I was like, why aren't, why isn't this a little bit weirder? Why is this just good? You know, like I was, <laughs> it's, it's strange. It was, a, it was a strange I, re reaction for me. I kind of know what you mean, but only I would say that that's more impressive on the movies part though, because um, part of the, the thing that you forget, you know, immediately when when watching this movie is how low budget it is um and i would say that's a that's a really good sign um a, a sign of of success in terms of the the actual filmmaking of it um but i don't and, know i don't know if i forgot that it was low budget it, this is what's interesting is because i think that there are some elements in this film that are extremely um su like surprisingly well put together followed by other elements that made me think it was like a college final. And I know that that's sort of a, a like, it, it was a very conflicting feeling because I was like, there's no doubt that I could ever make anything like this. But at the same time, this kid was probably like a 
A++ student that, you know, won an award for making a film like this. And I, I think maybe some of it had to fall back on the very linear plot um, and sort of the drama that occurs in that plot or some of the the acting or the delivery. I don't know. It's sort of this weird am- amalgamation of something that I'm like, this reminds me of college film class. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but there was something about it that was kind of hooking me in that direction. And I didn't really know much about the budget or the, or the context of the movie, but it does like, it takes itself very seriously and that's fine. I I couldn't stop thinking about like a friend of mine who makes like these dark action films that are like very like, you know, dark and brooding and serious. And watching this film, I was thinking about him um, and I was like, man, like, I feel like how this is like where my friend is going to be in like five years. And I've seen all his other work and thought to myself, well, you know, that wasn't that great. (laughs) And so he's like, he's going to get there, you know, um, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's just there's like moments in this film where I'm like, of like, of course they have like the weird death metal guy with the guns, and of course they're gonna have like a weird crossbow scene or something. I don't know. Like, I I wasn't necessarily drawn in by some of the 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 like linear plot points. I'm very I'm very mixed on this film. Is is kind of what I'm trying to get at because I can't deny that it is impressive that it's put together for this budget, but it didn't make it any less sterile of a viewing experience for myself when I was mm. watching it. And I think a lot of those element elements fell back on on a, a personal preference where I'm drawn to a more heightened like um create like like some creativity that has like life in it and this movie feels very um grounded and real and yeah yeah and not very like not very like stylized that's like i think that's what i was really taken back by is i was like i've never seen a budget film that wasn't over stylized mm in order like usually the over stylizing part is the part that that breaks through like a young director because they're like wow isn't this wild you know look at this like this is crazy i've never seen anything like but it's also it's also what can totally fail you true (laughs) true true as a young as a young director um and it's it's also where i would say most of the time that sort of college uh film feeling comes from i would say mm. it's, it's almost always from a director who kind of doesn't really know what he's doing who's trying to make an you know an over stylish um movie um whereas this where it's you know he's obviously an amateur but um he's making a movie that's very serious very grounded and he's using you know obviously he's he's not a professional um so he has to use i think the creativity comes in where he's um, in what he's sort of allowing um, to, you know, to to come through in a lot of ways. Like he's, I don't know. I think I think the most impressive thing about this movie, um, and I would I would agree with you in in terms of of its narrative um, is very linear, um, which isn't a bad thing. I would say that's that's probably a good thing for um, you know a filmmaker and writer who you know is is making. Um, 
you know, who who isn't trying to to like be super groundbreaking, but is trying to make like an excellent um version of this kind of movie. I would say linear is probably best. Um, mm. but uh you know, this movie ramps it up when it comes to tension. And I think that's that's the best thing that this movie does. Um, even with its, you know, sort of uh, more um, documentary-ish or drier um, kind of look at, at, at the world, um, it's very good at ramping up um, tense, tense sequences, tense scenes, and then continuing to pull you into these, these sort of moments of, um, of like extreme anxiety. Um, and that's one of the things that, that Salonier kind of specializes in and, and did again with, with green room, um, almost to a more heightened degree, but, um, yeah, I think I think this movie's biggest strength is one, its minimalism is I would say is is a positive in my mind. Um but also its um its ability to to make extremely tense sequences. Um some of them are are even you could qualify as like action sequences too. Um but that that aren't really action sequences, they're just extremely tense. Um, and sort of waiting for that moment of, of release. Um, and, and yeah, this movie is, this movie is very, very good at drawing you in and, and making those long sequences, um, very, very drawn out, uh, as well. So. Yeah. I, um, I found that the violence was very, like, it's very, it's very brutal. It's very, it's a very intense movie. I, um, I tried to, began watching it with jewels and the scene in the bathroom she was like i'm done i can't watch this and i was like okay that's fine like i was like i I told her from the beginning i was like hey just so you know cameron said you're not gonna like this movie and it's probably (laughs) extremely violent is my guess right um but it didn't it even with that expectation like that scene she was like yeah knives no i can't do knives you know like she she probably would have been better with like guns but there's something about knives that are more brutal um like they're, they're very they're, i mean i don't know like i was thinking about how like the end of squid game like has an uh, um has a fight with a knife and how terrifying that is it <laughs> compared to almost like you know um a shootout like a shootout is more like i don't know it's it's somehow less brutal than a knife but um yeah, this I think a knife can can be even more brutal than like a sword fight too. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, which which is which is interesting to think about. Yeah, I, it it is. It is interesting. I am. Um, yeah, so this movie, you know, it's it's super gritty. Um and yeah, I don't I don't know. I wasn't necessarily like drawn in by the the grit. I was kind of just like I don't know. I was just like, wow, that was, that's in, that's intense. You know, (laughs) I don't know. Like I, I, there's something about this film that really wasn't catching me. And I think my main, my main hang up with this, with this movie is that the, the protagonist isn't necessarily, um, gripping for some reason. I'm not entirely sure how or why he didn't connect with me. And I wasn't like super drawn in by his like um, his mission, right? 
there's some mystery that begins to unveil after the bathroom scene where there's a moment where he drives away in limo and there's a character that's like, well, um, the the boy gets out of the car and he's like, well, I don't think so. And you're like, oh, like this is adding like a new a new layer to this that I'm now intrigued by. But I found that some of the supporting cast members had like a presence about them on screen. I mean, there's a moment with the guy on the trunk that he, he is very like uh, captivating on screen. Yeah, like the, yeah. the adversary. I'm like, wow, this guy's awesome. Like, I don't even know who he is, but there's something about him that's like. <laughs> You believe like he he seems like a, a high quality actor, even though you've never seen him. There's something about him. And I think part of um, the protagonist's role is that he is timid and anxious. And I think that's a very difficult thing to portray and also be like, like something that you're like rooting for in some sort of way. I mean, yeah, even like the 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 metal dude with all the guns like had a lot more spark, even though he wasn't the best the best actor or like his, I don't know if it was his sister or his girlfriend sister, his yeah. sister that was living at the house. Yeah. Um, she is like, I think, I think her performance is like extremely convincing um, mm-hmm. in, in those, in, in those the restaurant sequence. Yeah. The restaurant scene yeah. is very good. Um, but it felt like all the other like low budget budget actors and actresses around um, the protagonists were like, they, they were like on their game. And there's something about the main protagonist that I just didn't link with. And I think it's because there's a silent element where he's trying to portray a lot of feeling and emotion without saying it. And I'm not saying it's not there. He's definitely delivering the emotional experience that he's going through without words. But it's like to then see other actors perform with words and they were pretty good at it. Like it, it made me feel like less um, drawn in by, um, I guess the main, the main guy. You know, I don't know, Cameron. How do you feel about the the protagonist? Well, I think he's, he, I think he's a really interesting character. Um, I think what you're saying about him being timid is actually a strength of the movie um, in a lot of ways because you know normally in sort of a movie like this you would get the sort of uh, macho like I have to do this kind of character, um, but in in this movie it's almost like he's very reluctant um, in a lot of ways to to do what he's doing, um, and so it gives him it gives him like. You know, there's that there's that scene when the sister drives off and she's like, you're um, you know, I I'd forgive you if you were crazy, but you're you know, you're I I forget what she says, but she um, says you're weak. Yeah, you're weak. Um, Yeah. yeah. And and that gives a lot of um, I think I think that character has is very colorful in terms of um, how he's portrayed um, doing what he's doing, because he's doing all of these very brutal things. Um, and he's very purposeful in what he does. Uh, and every, at every step, you know, you, you could say like, Oh, there's, there's an out basically. There's a way that you could, you could just stop this, but it's, it's almost like he's convincing himself that he, he needs to, he needs to end it. And it's, it's, it's like a suicidal mission for him. Um, and I don't know. I, I found his, I find his character really, um, intriguing in a lot of ways because of his, um, I guess, I guess he's, I think he's, 
he's a deeper character than you might expect um, in a movie like this in, in sort of like a revenge story. Um, I think, and I think making, making Blair's performance too um, is very compelling. Um, I think he has um, a lot of expression, like you were saying, um, without saying nearly anything. And I would say even those first, uh, you know, the first like 20 minutes or so, um, I don't, I, I, there's almost no, uh, dialogue at all. Um, and everything that you, you pick up on in, in his character is, is strictly just from his, um, from his performance, from the, the visual storytelling. Um, and I think it's really well done. I, I think it's, it's extremely effective, at least for me. I mean, I, I, um, I felt and, and watching it again, um, you you get you get the sense that there's like this this like disturbed um determination for him and in that in those final in that final sequence um there's this you know there's a ama- there's this amazing like two scene um it's like edited together like these two two sequences where he's you know making the phone call and kind of putting together the house in a in in a certain way and then you know where he he finally you know makes makes sort of the final decision um and and it's it's awesome how how well is shown um without anything having to be said um and, wh- and how much you pick up on um without having anything said um i think it's i think it's a real strength of this movie personally um how how much how much is is shown with with you know how little everything um comes together to be yeah i i think that this the one thing that i thought about like at the end of this movie is i was like well it's not bad it didn't connect with me personally and i was kind of hung up because I feel like this movie, for for me, I don't know how to tell someone about this film or like recommend it to them because I didn't necessarily find it like super enjoyable. It's also like 90 minutes, which I was really relieved to see, but it still felt long to me. And I was like, I just, I don't know, like the movie, I was like, I didn't, I didn't like... I wasn't excited to see it through. I was more waiting for it to finish. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's not that that's not something that I usually feel towards a movie that I feel neutral about. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I do I feel very neutral about this film. Usually if if there's a movie that I dislike or I'm not about it or it's doing it's something that like i just don't feel like watching i'm like oh this isn't enjoyable i don't want to watch this you know um on the other side like if it's a movie that i am being drawn into i'm like i want to see it through right this movie i was just kind of like i don't i'm very bland on whether no matter really what happens and i feel like the ending of this movie um made me sort of feel similar where i was it was like the ending statement. I was like, okay. 
you know, like I was like, I guess that was like it's successful. I really there was some cool imagery at the end with like the trees being like guarded off like um like a crime scene almost. I thought that was like a really interesting like kind of um visual to like the result of the night in its ending moments. Um but I'm not entirely I, I think like sometimes maybe you just come across a film that just doesn't resonate with you. And I and I really do feel like and the reason I brought up Uncharted 3 in this, a huge part of it was that it didn't have, and I'm not saying that more writing is good, but it didn't have like a dialogue that was full of like life or energy. Literally, like the I brought up those two actors, the guy in the trunk and the sister, because their lines have so much um not only like drama, but like their their delivery is like excellent. Like I'm like, those were the scenes that I was like, ooh, like I'm all about this moment, you know? Um and so like I'm not trying to compare this movie to Uncharted, but I feel like a, a movie that doesn't have like a script that is flexing or strong or has a script that's like effective or anything like that then has to make up for it if it's going to like kind of live in this silent film realm, right? And I think about like, what are the silent films that like stick with me or what are the like show, like the show don't tell movies that stick with me and when i think about those movies they're extremely stylized or they're extremely slapstick right or they're very like visually overwhelming in some sort of regard where you're kind of just like or like really just raptured into this this visual experience that doesn't need to say anything and i don't think that this movie has that and i don't think that this movie has enough dialogue to make me feel anything like that it's kind of sitting in this weird middle space where it's like we're grounded, we're but we're not over the top, and we're not going to say very much um, at all. And so I'm like, I'm kind of in this weird space where I'm like, well, it's not bad, but it's also like very dry to me. I'm, I, I does that kind of make sense? What I'm saying, Kevin? Um, yeah, I mean, I disagree because I think I think this movie makes up for it in spades in the way that it's that it's visually. Um, telling its story i think i think that's i think for me like i it you know something being a silent movie doesn't have to be you know overly stylish as long as it's um it's telling you know an interesting story in an interesting way um and i i get a kick out of how things are told visually um that's like what i um that's kind of my main thing that I like to pick up on in, in a lot of movies, um, how a story is told visually, how it's, um, how you're able to, to guide the audience through, um, you know, just simple movements or simple, um, glances at certain things. Um, I think totally informs, um, informs the way that, that, you know, the viewer will, will see the movie. And, and I think this, this movie is is so there's so many moments where I'm like I'm like wow that was so smartly done like the the shot um in you know after the bathroom sequence which is you know very brutal very tense um you know and you kind of get this one little moment of relief where he sits in the you know he stabs the uh the limo and then he sits in the car 
and he realizes he doesn't have his keys. And the right. way that you find that is is he he you know he feels for it on his neck, and he you know he feels for it on his uh, you know uh, in his car, and then. And then it's, you know, it's the shot of of the keys on the bathroom floor as everybody's, you know, finding, uh, you know, finding the body. And it's it's so well done in that way where you're like, where you're like, wow, like this, this is totally, um, you know, in three simple shots, this is this has told me everything about the situation and then ramped up the the tension again on top of of what's an already tense situation. You know, so there yeah. there's so many moments in this movie where I'm like, wow, that that was like such an such an interesting and in a lesser movie with a lesser um script and lesser filmmaker um you know you would you would sure it would be it would be told um visually maybe that 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 sequence but you know you'd you'd get this um you know you'd get the the shot of the keys falling to the floor um you know beforehand and like there there would be there would be a way where um you know that that visual turn um you know didn't take you on that on the journey um and i think i think i don't know in this movie for me um there's there's something about the way that it's it's put together the way that it's shot even if it is extremely um you know, it's it's a no nonsense way of way of filming this movie. It's very straightforward um, in terms of what it does, but um, it's it's extremely effective. It's like stripped down to the to the most basic elements of visual storytelling. Um, but yeah, I mean, that like I agree with you. I do believe that the scenes are effective. The scene with the the keys on the floor, I was like. Oh yeah, like this is okay. Here we go. Like this is like amp it up, you know. I don't know if I agree with you saying that it's interesting because it's effective. I think this is like where I'm. Th- this is where like I was disconnected because it is, it is done in such like a clean, effective manner. But it never it never did it in an interesting manner for me. Does that make sense? Like that. The and even if it. Even if it is effective and good at what it's doing, my subjective preference was that it was not interesting, even though it was effective. I was like, this scene is doing what it's doing, and that's good, but I don't, uh, you know. Well, well, for- I just <laughs> I just want to put it into the context that there's there's not a lot of movies that that do visual storytelling very well like that's that's the thing it's like it's not it's it's rare to find a movie especially a big budget movie especially um you know one that that uh you know that that big studios have put their weight behind it's it's hard to um do that kind of visual storytelling in Mm. in those kinds of movies um and it i would say you know yeah, you say it. You say it does it effectively, but a lot of movies don't rely on that at all. Um, and so it 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 has to be. I mean, at least for me, it has to be interesting to see um, a movie down to its most basic parts of just sort of the the just the pure visuals and how you can um, how you can be affected by by very simple straightforward methods of filmmaking um not only is it i mean i would say it's i would argue that it's interesting but it's also very inspiring in a lot of ways because um you know it 
it it reminds people like you and me that it doesn't it doesn't need to be super fancy. Um, it it needs to be successful on the on the very basics at you know at the at the level of uh, you know at the atomic level basically. Um, and if it doesn't do that, then you know what is it worth? Uh, apparently, it's worth you know hundred million dollar Hollywood budgets, but you know most of the time movies don't don't even pass the bar of being successful on the visual level um you know at the gate so I, I, in i th- like this brings a spe- like a, an interesting conversation cuz i'm thinking about like my experience watching jack ryan where almost everything is told and not shown right and how sort of like a casual viewer will watch that and it will be like almost similarly effective if it is even though it is lacking like this show um like it's not doing the show don't tell it's just doing the tell and then showing the results as they're telling it you know i i mean i'm hopefully that's not too confusing but like you know you watch an action an action show like jack ryan and they're like okay the the terrorist is in the building and then it shows the terrorist in the building and then they're like, he's going to unleash a, a special gas that's going to kill everybody. And then you see him putting the gas down and stuff and the music's vamping up and it's like there's an intensity. And I feel like for most people or most casual viewers, even if this is wrong for you to hear, Cameron, <laughs> it is still bringing up a level of intensity uh, for them. Right. And I, I'm I will admit I have had moments where. I've watched a movie like the newest James Bond film and there's plenty of exposition explaining why what they're doing is evil, but the intensity is still going up and moving up. And so I agree with you that there's definitely a lack of the show not tell aspects in Hollywood. And there's something endearing about that because so much of what early film uh, is, is show not tell, right? Because like they did, there, there was a ton of silent movies you think about. Charlie Chaplin's films without dialogue. And, you know, we watch the great train robbery and how everything is shown in that, right? Versus it being told. But I have to admit, like when we watch the great train robbery, obviously very old and very, you know, <laughs> rudimentary. <laughs> A little different. <laughs> um, there is something about that movie that is sterile to me as a modern, as a modern viewer. And I think... I do think that if you're going to do the show, not tell, and this is an opinion, it has to wow me somehow. It can't just be the mechanical ability that's like, is that's impressive because it's done and it's hard to do. You know, I'm like, well, I would rather almost be sitting in a movie that could blow me away in a visual like i've just i feel like i've seen so many movies at this point that that show things in a mechanical way and a stylized way that i'm it's like that is the golden egg for me like that is like what i'm i mean i think about like edgar wright's like super fast cut showing you know uh um what's that movie hot fuzz like sean sean penn is that his name the 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 guy no simon Simon, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. All right. 
Simon Pegg. John Penn like, is the another another actor. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I was like, that's an actor's name, right? That's the right one. Okay. <laughs> He's like transferred to that like small town in Hot Fuzz, and it shows like him holding his 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 plant, and it's like hard cuts, and you watch the cell service go down and everything. That scene is like fantastic. He's going out of the city on the metro to this small town, and it's like that is showing, not telling. And it's stylized in a way that's like, this is beyond uh, early Hollywood. This is this is like next level stuff, you know? Um, I'm not saying that every movie is even able to do something like that. But I've been spoiled, you know? I think that's what it is. I've been spoiled where I'm like, a movie like this is not one that I think of where I'm like, oh, you got to see this film. What you think most audiences want to sit there and experience a mechanical style of filmmaking because it's I don't like that I disagree I don't think this movie's mechanical I don't I don't think that's the right way to categorize it well I I don't know for me it feels very sterile and so like at this point I'm like if you're gonna say that the filmmaking is what makes it interesting that's where the divide begins to sharpen for me between a casual and and someone as as ex, ex as as expertise as you, Cameron. Because I'm like, the filmmaking alone is not enough to make me be like, this is the one. This is a movie that I have to recommend even my casual friends go and watch. Right. Um, I think on the surface level the the mechanical elements aren't going to be acknowledged and this movie is going to seem very linear and very brutal and very like it's done it's a movie you watch it's like start to finish and i don't i don't know i i was left not really knowing what to consider about it i was like okay you know <laughs> that's how i felt at the end okay you know like that was uh i was like i, I i'm interested to hear why cameron is going to tell me how this movie is special you know and i'm honestly i mean maybe maybe it is like part of my own journey watching it but i was like it's probably low budget i mean i recognize that with the camera and there's not a lot of words so i'm sure that that means something was done well you know um <laughs> but like i was thinking about like another um another movie that caught me early on with like and we've reviewed it that film the film drive which a lot of people talk about I remember that was like a for me like a first one of the first films I watched where they didn't like barely said anything and everything was like so stylized and like shown in a way that is now idolized for like people that don't know very much about film but they saw that movie and they're like I know movies you know so like I don't know I don't I don't think that this movie is going to grip a casual viewer the way that someone as knowledgeable as yourself like would appreciate it. Do you know what I'm saying, Cameron? Like, yeah. Although I will say, I, I you may be biased because you don't really like thriller types of movies, too. Um, that's not, I mean, that's not that's not necessarily true. I, I think what last week's movie that we watched, like, I think you well, said that last week. No, no. Wait, did we watch First Man last week? We or? watched Prisoners. Yes, that. I mean, but that movie, I was like. That movie is extremely exciting. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, it is. Like, yeah, you know, like, sure. uh, 
for the for me, I was like, you have like that movie demands your attention. Like it demands that you like hold your breath. You know, this movie. There are there are some moments, right? Like the bat. I would say like the bathroom scene, like definitely has its moment, and then it's it's done very fast. And um, yeah, I, I really do think that the the my opinions about this movie are a result of being a spoiled movie watcher. But that's how I prefer to be. Like I'm gonna be yeah, honest with yeah. you, that's like how I want to be. I'm like, don't waste my time. Like I want to, I want to, like I want to sit there and watch a movie and then like, you know be in, like enjoy it you know and i didn't i didn't feel like i disliked this movie but i definitely didn't say like wow like that was extremely enjoyable you know like i was just like that was just a movie that i watched <laughs> you know <laughs> I, uh, and so i think it lands that way for some people sometimes i i just i feel like i can't be the only one that see that saw this movie and thought to themselves okay you know that's like i i'm really i I almost feel like there's got to be some people that are cinephiles that would consider that as well. And maybe I'm just totally on left field, but I, you know. Yeah. I, well, I wonder, cause, cause for me, it's one that, that was immediately, um, effective in terms of, of how, um, I thought, I think this movie is very gripping. Um, and especially as you were saying, you know, 90 minutes, um, very, you know, wraps up the story very well and is, is kind of, um, I think it's, it's thrilling, you know, basically, basically all the way throughout, even in those sort of more quiet moments. Um, I think it, I think it uses a lot of those moments to, um, uh, you know, as a release and then, you know, to, to ramp up the next sort of tense sequence. Um, and you know, I, and I will say this: this movie isn't necessarily without flaws. Like I think, I think the, um, you know, the it feels weird to have the conclusion be like, well, okay, I guess full spoilers because yeah, we yeah, didn't really spoilers. say that. But um, I, I think I don't it's, think I well, I will say I don't think we spoiled very much. I don't think honest. so. Yeah, um, and I would say this movie's best gone in blind as well. Um, uh, you know, it it kind of. It has, um, I would say the 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 fun of this movie in a lot of ways is sort of um, the tension uh, and and release and as a pattern throughout the movie. Um, but you know, for for the for the conclusion to be basically like, in order to end it, I just gotta have a last stand with the family. You know, um, it's it's like I don't know if that's necessarily the 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 right way out. Um, it could be, but, um, I, I would say, you know, um, if I was in the, in the writing room for, for, for this movie, I might push back on, on that a little bit, but, um, but I would say overall, this movie has, has a trajectory of, of being, um, very intense and very, um, I, I don't know. It it kept me on the edge of my seat, even you know watching it uh, a third time or whatever. Um, there's there. It's I think the the sequences of tension are done so effectively. Like that that last scene and you know when he's when he's sitting in the house and it's like it's so drawn out and he's like you know the the light goes off um, you know and and you're like is, is there anybody home? And, you know, he's searching all the, all the rooms in the house, you know, to find that there's like the timer and whatnot. Like, 
I don't know. There's there's so many moments of these, you know, these these really um really capable scenes of tension um that I think I think it it just works so well and and I think it it speaks for itself. Um I will say, you know, it it could just be personal preference of yours as as in like yeah. you, you don't, you know, I I get it. There's movies that that I don't particularly connect with in in one way or another. But um, I don't know. For me, I love I love these kinds of movies that are more I I guess more or less like um, experiments in uh, like a single dimension of of filmmaking. And this is like an experiment in the dimension of of tension. Um, and and it does it it does it very very well it's it's uh yeah i think especially watching Villeneuve's films lately there's a way to explore filmmaking tension without it being like a singular dimension you know like without it being this single note experiment and I, I like the more i think about it the more i'm like yeah i don't i don't really think that this movie can truly be appreciated by the vast majority of of people although i do think that the linear story could connect with um maybe a more simple audience viewer right where they're watching it and they're like yeah like i just i kind of want to see what happens what what goes through with this movie i can totally see some audience members being excited to see how the plot unfolds um it didn't really grip me but i was like yeah and i was also the the ending itself there i was i was almost more intrigued if nobody else came home like if nobody came home after that like what would be the the repercussion of that like yeah it was very it was a very strange um final showdown and it's a great it's a great scene though um yeah with with the uh the message and you know he's kind of he's kind of deciding whether or not you know what he wants to do even at the the final moment um mm. yeah i th- i think i think that scene structurally um works really well and and is is great um i think i think narrative wise that's kind of where i'm like a little i scratch my head a little bit more where i'm like okay yeah but like it does revenge feel that good if it's not against the person that, you know, yeah, did the thing in the first yeah. place, but you know, whatever, like it, I, I don't, I think that's, that's something to put aside. And in terms of why, why I love this movie is because of how well it, it constructs, constructs those scenes of, um, you know, it's, it's like, you know, those, those, you know, sequences of this sort of tense, dramatic, um, you know, confrontation. I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's very well done. Well, I do think that although that like it, it is definitely admirable and effective in, in those regards, I don't mean that I don't want to speak for everyone. Cause I, again, I am saying that I think some people, uh, without acknowledging or setting those aspects of the movie can enjoy it. But like, usually when I hear that kind of praise for a film, I'm sort of like, I, I begin to step back a lot and think like, 
not a lot of people are going to go in appreciating those aspects of a movie. You know, like not, I, I would say probably most casual viewers will not go in and say, wow, what a great show, not tell film that constructually like strips it all down and doesn't overstylize things and um, begins to show each scene in such an effective manner. That was great. You know, I, I really don't, I don't know if that like, it's not a normal, like for me, it's like, it's not a normal um, first thought in, in, in analyzing a movie for most people. Um, and that's no insult to you, Cameron. I really, I want you to know that like, without you being able to explain your appreciation for this film, I probably could not have verbalized the way that you, you talk about how this movie is good. As a matter of fact, like most of the time when you talk about movies, it brings out a new appreciation for me that I never noticed. I think that's what's great about hearing your opinions about film on this show. I just, I find it very um, difficult to recommend this film because I don't think a lot of people approach appreciating movies the way that you do. And Either you're going to be drawn in by the linear plot and want to see it through. Um, and maybe you're right. Like I'm not a big thriller fan in, in that, in that moment or, or in that, in that way, or you're going to be drawn by like the mechanical filmmaking side of this movie. And other than that, there's really not much else to latch on for, for me personally. And so those two draws, they're just not resonating. If those two things are interesting to you, then by all means, I think this movie's for you, but I want more spot, more style, more spice. I also like, I thought that the score could have brought about some more character or life or intensity or something. I found that this movie sound design was, it was what it needed to be, but it didn't ever impress me or, or draw me in, um, in a way that I was like, Oh, like that just notched it up so much more. I, I sort of struggled with the sound design this time too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 tough because obviously that's like one of the harder things to do on on these small budget movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it I think you're right in that it does do what it exactly what it needs to do. Um, and there was never a m- moment where I felt like distracted by the um by the sound design or anything um yeah i i um i i see what i hear you on on that i i don't think that's um i don't think that's that hot of a take um for sure although the the you know music choices that it that it the sparse music choices that it does um have i th- i think are really good and and bring out a new a new color to the movie yeah the ending song has um it brings it brings about a new reflection on the events that have occurred, and I think the ending song is played before he arrives at the house at the end, right? Uh, um, it's I think it is played one more time. I think it's like, um, I can't remember when when it is, but it is played earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah. I wish I. I don't know. I it did the audio design did leave me wanting a little a little bit more from it. But I think your statement about this movie being very minimalist is actually it you're right. Like I think it's spot on. Um 
And I'm not, I don't think I'm usually like turned off by minimalist films. Like sometimes I really like simple structures or setups or like linear, linear stories. Right. I mean, but, but there's gotta be like, there's gotta be some icing on the cake or something. There's gotta be something there. Right. This movie is just, is it's very like, um, to me dry. Right. I mean, like, imagine if this movie, uh, this is the problem with, with movies like this is that I'm always like, well, imagine if it did this or it did that, you know, like imagine if this movie was stylized, like, you know, Mad Max or something like that. Like where, I mean, Mad it Max would probably Fury be Road. bad <laughs> if it was, sti- I think the thing is if the, if it was stylized in a really like heightened way, um, I don't see that this movie works. I think this movie starts to fall apart in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, if it's like, if it's like a hyper stylish, um, kind of movie, like it's, I think it starts to feel like a, like it's wanting to be a Tarantino movie at that point, you know? Um, but I'd when it's probably not, enjoy, it's, I'd, I'd probably enjoy my time a lot for more a low, it. for I a low not. budget <laughs> filmmaker. I mean, maybe you would, cause you like yeah. torturing yourself with, with, uh, like Velocipaster. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe, I maybe you would fun. enjoy I had that. I more fun but... with Velocipaster than this movie. So, I don't know what to tell you there, Cameron. I mean, I'm, all I'm saying is uh, that that's 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 an absurd take. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't th- – the thing is, I don't – I wouldn't say that this movie's like um like a fun movie necessarily. But also, I mean, movies don't have to be fun necessarily. I boo to that. Boo, boo! More fun movies. That's how I feel. Not to say that they shouldn't be fun, but there's there's de- there's a time and a place. This is this is a movie that is about revenge, and a serious it's movie just, about revenge. I think, and I will say, you know, a movie tackling revenge as a subject. I think that's a pretty. I think is a very difficult um, topic to take in a fun way. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously Tarantino does it, but he, he's he's a a different breed. But I think if you if you tackle revenge in a fun light, you begin to lose a lot of the um, the deep repercussions of being of pursuing something like that. You know, yeah. and obviously oh, yeah. in in movies like Revenge is depicted usually usually in in violence, right? But if you think about like applying the concept of revenge to your life, right? And considering like following a, a mindset around that to someone that hurt you or some somebody that did something wrong to you, like maybe some of these revenge films, I think, lose kind of the personal reflection in life um, when when talking about revenge. I mean, you think about a movie like John Wick. Is, what's that movie really saying about revenge? Nothing. Nothing of actual meaning. <laughs> Kill right? everybody who steals your dog. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that movie? It doesn't steal a dog. But uh, have you seen it? Yeah. It does steal the a first dog. One, the first one, they steal his dog. No, dude. Like, I was shocked when the first time I... Spoiler alert for John Wick. They, like, kill a puppy, dude. On screen. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's um, like brutal, yeah. dude. Because <laughs> I, I, I watched that movie and I was like, I 
I, w- I can't wait to watch I was Taken thinking- with a puppy. And then they just kill it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like just taken back so much. And the- in that moment, I was like, oh, that's oh. why people talked about this movie. <laughs> I, I was thinking, uh, well, sort of spoilers, I guess. But um, have you seen the movie Pig? I have not. Me no. and my uh, me and Kiana were talking about it recently because she watched it on the plane. But um, they steal they steal his pig uh, oh. in that movie. But uh, yeah. Anyways, got my got my wires crossed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I think I think what you're saying is right in that in this this idea of revenge is is very rarely. Um, explored in a serious manner um i would say this movie is is one of the best uh explorations of revenge for uh especially in modern movies i think you know movies that took i think there were a a handful of older movies that that tackled revenge as like um revenge in sort of like honor uh in in that way um Mm it's a little different it's a little harder to to describe like this is like more uh, more of an uncivilized revenge uh if you know what i mean this is like but I this is see, like brutal revenge yeah and i would even say that prisoners tackles some of a conversation around yeah. revenge as well yeah definitely um, different uh, and w- we mentioned on that review right talking about like unforgiven and how there's like that honorable element of revenge where you're like excited to be participating in the justice that uh, Clint Eastwood is going to unleash on that small town. Um, Yeah. I don't think that that is a helpful perspective when, when considering revenge, I don't think revenge is a good thing. I don't think it should be shown in a, in a good light. And this, Um, this movie, you know, doesn't, I mean, this, this is like, and neither does prisoners. Um, Right. Both very, very serious about the prospect. Um, What's that quote? Uh, if you uh if revenge or if vengeance is like the path that you walk down you know be sure to to dig two graves basically um mm. you know it's it's the same it's the same here it's like it's like this is a movie that is about is almost not just the futility but like the suicidality of revenge yeah um yeah. the fact that this is like this is he's like he's in it for forever like this is this is it this is his only purpose now and and it starts with him being at you know basically rock bottom anyways um which is which is why i think it it is actually pretty effective um when you when you get the sense that like this this is a guy who's got no hope um because of what's you know what's happened to to him and this is like this is him in a futile attempt to, to sort of bring back control. And even in that, he can't do it. Um, you know, he can't, he can't even enact revenge on the person who, who it actually was, you know? So even that's outside of his control. <laughs> I'm trying not to hold back a laugh. Cause I just like had this vision of myself plopping down on the couch with my bag of popcorn and starting this movie <laughs> and getting your monologue of like, this movie is about a guy that's completely hopeless. And I just imagine cause I was, I was sitting there eating popcorn and just the opening scenes. I'm like eating just by eating just slows down to like this depressing rate where I'm like, Oh, not this again. You know, <laughs> like just, Oh no, I can't, you know, um, man, yeah, bring back fun in movies. That's what I'm saying. Bring back the fun, you know? Movies don't have to be fun. 
They they should be. That's that's what I'm gonna say. That's what all, all I've learned in this show is that movies should be fun. Just forget the other stuff. All right. I I I disagree. I don't. The more I do this podcast with you, Cameron, the more I realize that the Great Dictator is probably the best film ever made. Period. <laughs> because it does everything. It literally does everything. It actually. The more I think about it, the more I think about it. This film is a great silent film at moments. It does the show not tell. It is so funny, so fun to watch. Historically impactful. One of the most meaningful movies I've ever watched in my life. It should be required viewing. I, I'm just I'm just going out there. And you know what? It's made for kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's not inappropriate at all, you know? So Yeah, but what about have, when Hitler dances with the world? Okay, that that is a great scene. It is a great. I'm all about that scene. All right, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. What about when when he pretends to be Hitler after he's like, oh, oh, remember when uh when when Hitler they find him after they're like hunting and they think that he's the Jewish guy. Yes, so they put him in the concentration camp. What a great scene. That's a great, you know, the the kids might not understand it at their young age, but eventually they'll get it, especially after reading Night. So, um, well, this yeah, was come back around. That movie's funny because it was totally before the concentration camps were even like they Boom. before they even knew what they were, really. And the movie's hipster, you know, so it's yeah. ahead of its time. It's innovative, you know. He said just, that if he knew the full extent of what was going on, he would never have made that movie. That's what he said. Even better, even better, you know. I just, I, yeah. I'm from I, Cameron. You've tried to turn me into a cinephile. I've just become more and more of a spoiled movie viewer, just completely not acknowledging all the hard work that goes into making movies. Sitting there, like, entertain me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, because I, I think. I mean, this is this is again just a, probably a difference in our personalities. But I I don't I I tend towards movies that are not as fun. I think uh, than most people. Um, so mm. I think I think that's that's probably just a personality quirk of mine. But I I like dark movies. I like movies that tackle very serious things um, and do it very effectively. So that that's why I'm, I would be attracted to a movie like this or a movie like Prisoners. I am. Which is like, you know, uh, the the distilled version of that to a T, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Prisoners is that's a tough movie. It is. I, I yeah. feel like that is a very uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm like. That is a I feel like it's a gauntlet, but it's so captivating. Yeah. You know, like that's that's where I'm like, man, like that movie is like difficult to recommend and so hard to not recommend at the yeah. same time where I'm like, yeah. you just got to I don't know how to, I don't know how to even, I don't even know how to help you besides the fact that it's tough and, and just it's brutal, but like, it's so good, you know? Um, just on another note, just cause we're kind of rambling here. I think we've basically concluded our, our thoughts on this film, Cameron. I, I want to give this movie like for the cinephiles, but I'm also aware that I don't have a preference towards like thriller movies or darker movies. So I, I don't know. I feel like it, it's going for me. I have to rate this movie for the curious. Um, I think that's where you need to approach this film. 
and I really don't think that we've we've spoiled the movie. My light just died. Dang it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Wow. Well, we're going too long. Tim, see, this is why we shouldn't record past uh, an hour ten. But we're giving we're giving it there. So sorry, Cameron. Does Tim like the longer episodes? Is that what he said? Yes, he said he's like, please longer. Uh, so, um, but no, you were saying you were saying something. You were you were like in the middle of a thought when your light died. Uh, well, th- that was my thought just burning out. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, for, it's like the opposite of animated movies when like the light bulb turns on. It's it's like your light bulb is just turned off, shattered. It just broke. Yeah. So um, I, I guess I don't disagree. I think that it's probably for the curious. Although um, I will say, you know, like it's a it's it it's a 90 minute movie um, subject matter wise. It's it's very it's dark and it's it's very serious and it's it does it in a serious way. Um, so, you know, that is one thing to consider, but I wouldn't say it's a difficult movie to to sit through um or to watch. And I would say the length has is partially, you know, to do with that, but also there are so many engaging sequences that that you know, for me like really pull me in and and you know, make me want to want to keep going. So, um yeah, I don't I don't think this movie is like super challenging personally, but um you know, it, it does tackle some serious themes and it's, it's not a, it's not a particularly fun movie. I, I get that. And I'm drawn to those movies. So that's, that's kind of my, my bias, I guess. Um, I like movies that deal with serious things in a serious manner. Um, but you know, not everybody does Isaac. Yeah. I don't like serious things. We should watch (laughs) Paddington. (laughs) Honestly, I am so curious. I love that movie. Paddington one and two. They're great. I just, I literally, I, I'm always shocked when Juzo brings those movies up. <laughs> They're amazing. Like after, after some of the takes I've heard Juzo give, I'm just like, how, how is it? I mean, I bet you my description of the great dictator is probably the same take that Juzo has about Paddington, you know, Pat, I will say Paddington, I don't know which one I like better, but they both hit hit you in a way that is that is rarely done in a, in in movies and it is is impossible to describe to anybody who hasn't seen it and then everybody who's seen it it knows you know it's like okay. it's like being uh it's like being abducted by aliens you know it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> the movie about the bear is like is like just tripping about it is about aliens, it, it is know? it's it's like it's like once you've once you know you know you know and you could spot mm. someone who's seen paddington from my a mile ex- away <laughs> my expectation is too high for this movie i'll tell you i do want to say something cameron because you're talking about dark darker films and i have to i just uh, oh so much of the show is just considering my takes or thoughts on on movies that we've watched um just in the past with this with this podcast but my reflection on korean cinema has just continued to like glow up more and more where i'm like they're they're just like they're what i that's like the kind of movie if it's going to be dark and serious like it's just fantastically entertaining like it's just so much fun you know um and even I, I mean, I got to say, like, Memories of Murder, that film, it's got elements that are fun, even though it's, like, very dark. Actually, that movie, I think, has, like, some of the 
some of like the true crime brutality thriller aspects that prisoners has and um maybe you can even uh, probably not too related to this but i i've just been thinking about that a lot because i'm like man those movies they have so much heart and character and like um like humor in them as well that makes them entertaining even though they're tackling like some very serious yeah deep concepts right um so just just another thing another thing to know if you if you listen to all of our korean cinema month and didn't watch any of those movies come on guys come on you should that's what i'm saying i yeah, yeah. i i agree i i don't disagree with that at all i think um you know obviously we're Right now we're talking about sort of in the Hollywood realm-ish, but, yeah. you know, we're talking about sort of um, locally. I know Denis is from is from Canada, but, uh, you know, whatever. Same same thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't I, – I think you're right in terms of um, Korean cinema kind of leads the charge in that in balancing um, the, you know, entertaining – or at least Bong Joon-ho maybe – just maybe him just specifically is is extra talented at um making a film that is very serious sometimes very brutal um but also engaging and and very fun at the same time i i yeah i i I agree with that completely but i'm not gonna lie you know the more i've been reflecting on it been think i've been thinking a lot about old boy i'm not gonna lie to you yeah I've been thinking a lot about it. I it's, think it's got, it's definitely got the mind maggot. It's in, pretty in my, good, isn't it? <laughs> it's something about it. I'm not sure what it, it is. It's funny because I don't remember what, what your take was necessarily of that. Um, I, I think you had like a mixed ish opinion on that movie, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I felt, I felt like I was very, it's not, uh, there were elements that I enjoyed about it, but I felt like it was just too extreme. It was like mm. going too far. Whereas like, Bong Joon-ho always seems to tastefully balance some of the extremism with like lighthearted comedy. And I mean, I've been thinking a lot about memories of murder too and parasite. Um, probably what's surprising is that actually as much as I liked mother, it's been the one I've thought about the least, mm, interesting. Um, which is, which is sort of, I, I really thought that that movie was going to be a lot more present in my reflection of film, but no, I, I think, uh, yeah, there's there's parts of old boy that just they're just stuck in my brain now. Yeah, I don't even See? know. I'm not sure. It's not even the parts that I disliked or I thought were too extreme. It's like these stylistic moments of waking up on the roof with the guy standing on the roof, you know, or the the weird like geometric angle of the schoolyards where he's like running up and down the stairs, you know, to remember stuff. Um yeah and then just like yeah mem- memories of murder super underrated bong joon ho film like- I, I bet you see i told you i told you this isaac i told you that some movie even not just necessarily old boy but some movies they do that where yeah. you, you watch them and you kind of are mixed or you don't like them at first and then they just sit in your brain and you're like you're like what was that what what did I, what did I experience? And you feel like you've opened up on a new, on a new level. And that was yeah. what I felt about, um, you know, coming back from, from Cannes, um, there were a handful of movies, you know, I watched like so many movies during that time. I was there for mm-hmm. like 
what, like almost two weeks, um, watching, you know, at least two, maybe three movies a day. So like really binging all day, you know, just watching movies. Yeah. Um, and, um, the two movies that really stuck with me and I felt like, like really like connected with on that deeper level, um, was killing of a sacred deer, which is still one of those movies. Exactly that. Um, that mm-hmm. you had with old boy where I was like, I, I saw it. I didn't really understand what to, what to think of it. And then it like, and then it kept like eating me and like the brain was like, my brain was just like thinking about that movie more and more and more. And then I saw it again in theaters when it, when it finally released and I was like, wow, this movie is spectacular. Um, and then uh good time is a movie like that, uh, which I don't yeah. know if you've seen, but um, I have not, I've heard that that movie is, very difficult it's amazing it's amazing and that was one that i felt like um i was like i was like it was like seeing into a new dimension you know it was Mm. like one that you 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 feel like you have like such a deep connection to um yeah that was that was a good time for me i was like i was like so impressed with that movie um i do want to i want to submit a ploy if you're a casual or consider yourself a casual or you consider yourself someone that enjoys bigger blockbuster films and that you're beginning to explore maybe more artistic movies. And maybe I'll continue to say this because this is kind of how I feel about after watching a lot of different interesting films that you've showed me, Cameron. I think that there is something exciting and extremely rewarding about watching a film that you enjoy kind of and then treating it almost like literature and like chewing on it from a like a very like almost for for a while and then i i mean i think the one thing about this podcast that i don't like if honestly if i could change it if i wanted to have like a much stronger um perspective on film is if we did it on a monthly period and i watched the movie like at the beginning of the month. And then we talked about it like 30 days later, you know, like how much more like you can chew on something to sort of like bring about ideas or thoughts on it. Like that's an experience that I just didn't really have before doing this podcast, like to, mm. to really take the time and think about movies in a way that's like almost like a literary analysis. Now that's a very, for a lot of people, it's probably like way too far, like super nerdy. But for me, like I always enjoyed that aspect of like English class in high school and even going into college and and furthermore, analyzing people might agree. I say when I I studied economics, like great economists writing and then really like chewing on their their ideas and like beginning to think like, what's my take on why they're saying that? Like, you know, or or consideration of the interpretation of research. All right. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let's just say you said that that was too nerdy and that was too, you know, too deep for most for most viewers. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. I think that's that's. I think if you're just taking things into your brain and then just like allowing it to like, you know, sit in there like like old mashed potatoes, like I think you're doing not only yourself a a disservice but i think it could be irresponsible to do that frankly but but i do want to say that there is a lot of content out there that wants you to do that 
There's a lot of content out there that is. Yeah, not I think that's bad. <laughs> meant to be. Ch- well, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I, what I'm saying is, like, some people do that because their content demands that. If they sat and thought about it, you know, it would be like I'm wasting my time. Like I'm supposed to be living. I'm living a life right now, you know. But I do think what I'm trying to say is that there are some movies that can be treated s- sort of like literature. At this point in, in, and I think the most difficult thing and the thing I hope to do with the show moving forward is give you an opportunity to hear about some of these films for your consideration to like explore them in that manner. And they're not all going to resonate with me, you know, <laughs> like, like the one we talked about today. Right. Um, but maybe you hear a conversation about, you know, the show, not tell kind of aspect of, this movie and maybe i mean i know in the past we used to have thesis statements with everything comes from something maybe we should begin to do that with this show where it's like you know exploring korean cinema with sort of my closing statements around like there's there are no happy endings in korean cinema like what if you watch those movies like with that statement in your brain to like begin to chew on that like what are these movies trying to say or you go into this movie blue ruin knowing that with Cameron's insight, like it's a show, not tell. Let me take that in for that aspect. Right. I mean, like I'm hoping that's what our podcast can line up for people to appreciate about some of these films. I I mean, that's why I consider Cameron's take exciting for myself as a host to come. I'm, I'm more excited to hear what Cameron has to say than share what I thought of the movie. I mean, I feel like most of the time when I share my opinions, it's just a terrible take of like me just being like, I don't know, like I'm just trying to share like my face value thoughts on the on on the film without any sort of expertise. But um, yeah, I, I think Cameron has definitely shown a list of movies that although I have a hunger for entertainment first, like there's something to be said about experiencing the process of like chewing on a movie for a while. Um, well, and I haven't, I, I haven't been drawn to that with the entertaining movies often. So when an entertaining movie does have that, I'm like all in for it. I like, I, I, yeah. I, I'm, and I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but like what, when we watched Korean cinema, I was like, this is super entertaining and super chewable. And then like recently, for the first time since I can even remember, probably since I've seen like Star Wars movies, but like I saw Dune multiple times. I've seen it twice in theaters. I never do that. But like for that, for almost that reason alone where I'm like, I want to chew on this movie more, you know, that's like something that is sort of a new spark in my movie viewing experience. And I like I want other people to have that experience as well. So I, I understand what you're saying and I, I agree with it. Although I, again, I can't stress this enough. If you're just taking things in and not, (laughs) and not thinking about it, this is considers you an ape. This is, this is no, no, no. Just, just for your own personal sake, you, you think about it. I mean, they, these movies, even the dumb uh, entertaining ones, they have a perspective right there is somebody on the other on the other side guiding where these movies are you know are are going and if you're taking things in without 
even thinking about it just at, at a base level, um, you're leaving yourself exposed to 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 being manipulated, I would say, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cameron. That's why you should watch Civil War again. That's what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you got to take that. There's there's something deep being said there. All right? the, I know you disagree. You just took it at face value. You got to get you got to go back to it. That movie's again. stupid. There's something something deep about that movie. That mean, you know. All I'm saying the, at, is whether or not you are a casual viewer, um, your brain is important to you at least. So you should, you should think about what, you know, what, what content you actually take in. I think it's actually, it's actually a, a sign that you're, you're maybe you shouldn't be watching anything if you're not, you know, at least thinking at a very base level about what you just watched. Um, that's my, that's my take. I'm sorry if that offends people, but, um, you got it. Uh, who cares? You got to You got to think. You got to think about these things because <laughs> Grandpa come Cameron. On. <laughs> come on. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, what are you doing? What are you doing with your mashed potato brain? Huh? If we ever get enough success, Cameron, to really start doing special things with live streaming or special shows and things like that, we should definitely. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. We should definitely. <laughs> We should definitely try the great dictator with like, you know, third graders or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Cameron being like, think about what you're watching. Like, think about the meaning of these kids just being like, that was funny. <laughs> they were like, why was that man talking for so long at the end? It was boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. All right. Well, I think that's long enough. I think we can we can wrap it up on this Monday night. Um, Cameron, send me your audio so I can post this. Yeah, it sounds good. Hopefully. I mean, it's not like anybody's going to be listening at midnight. Tim is going to be listening at midnight. Oh, I just saw the post the episode posted. No. Um, well, happy Thanksgiving to all of you yeah, as well. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we hope you eat lots of turkey. And if you want to watch next week's movie, the review comes out on Monday. Cameron, what's the film again? It's called Waves. I don't know about this one. I'm uh, I'm just not sure about it. I can't tell you why. I'm a little unsure about this one. All right, I just well. get the feeling because Cameron definitely didn't do this month just to watch this film. Oh, wait, he might have. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. I don't know. You were talking about this movie before we even started the first week. So just know that listeners. Well, it's, yeah, it's important. Well, I said I said we should watch waves. I said that, but but that was that was regardless. I this is just you know I the, all all of these movies I wanted to to watch with you. Maybe not first. Movie. Camera, I, I, guess I don't I know if you said there's like the refresh rate of these lights is like creating like this weird like yeah it's your shutter speed across my face. It's uh, you have to it's dial kind of it in. Me of like Blade Runner or something. Do you? It's no. Sure. It's okay. <laughs> no, I, wait. What's wrong with my shutter? Is well, that true? Yeah, it is. If it, no, 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 no. I, I have shutter angle. It's one twenty. It should be one eighty. Why? It's always one eighty. <laughs> no, it's. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, I don't. I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, it's one. I thought it was always one twenty. No, nope. are you sure about that? I'm absolutely positive. One eighty. It should always 180 be one hundred and eighty degrees. Well, I shot everything on my black magic wrong then. So. Well. Now you Thanks, know. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's 180. 
Okay. Well, all right. On that note, we post every Monday. Thank you guys for supporting us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.